You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. The human body is an incredible system. There's a, uh, a documentary series on Net- Netflix called uh, The Human, The World Within, and uh, there, there are a number of different episodes that, that go in-depth into the way the body works. And the, mo- the more that I learn about the body, the more that I see the way the body works, the more mesmerized I am, the more intrigued I am, the more I'm, I'm convinced that we were created by a creative God and it didn't just happen by accident. Uh, there, there's one of the uh, one of the episodes is is all about birth and what happens you know from from conception all the way up to birth and how that that one egg that gets fertilized it all of a sudden starts these cells start multiplying and some cells do one thing and others do another thing uh, but but how everything goes just according to plan most of the time but but. But the body is just an incredible, incredible system. Like I, I love. Did, did you know that your brain is made of eighty percent water, right? But yet, even though it's made up of so much water, it stores hundreds of terabytes of information, and it sends out that information through neurons at seventy-five miles per second. It is sending off information at an incredibly fast pace. And then your heart, as it pumps, it pumps blood to 60,000 miles worth of blood vessels that are scattered throughout your body, right? Through, through a little opening, right? Through your aorta that's the size of a garden hose, it, it is pumping blood out to 60,000 miles worth of blood vessels. And because your, your heart needs space to pump, in your chest, your left lung is actually smaller than your right lung, right? And speaking of lungs, the lungs are, is what is used to oxygenate your blood, right? It takes the air that you breathe in, it pulls the oxygen out of it, and then uses, uses these little tiny branches called bronchi with little tiny air sacs at the end of them called alveoli that, that pull the oxygen out of that air and then sends it into the blood so that that blood can go out to all 60,000 miles worth of blood vessels so that you have blood and oxygenated blood at the end of your fingertips. But but also the body knows when you're scared, knows when there's fear, and knows when it needs to protect itself. And so when it does that, it stops sending blood out to the extremities and just keeps it in your core. So so if you've ever like gotten nervous or scared and the hair on your arm stands up or you get goosebumps or something, it's because your arms aren't getting as much oxygen as they're used to because the body's saving that oxygen for all of your vital organs. So, so with, those, with those bronchi uh, and with the aviola, uh, and the, all that stuff that pulls the oxygen out of the air in your lungs, if you were to, to stretch all of that out, that would cover an entire tennis court. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend that, however, because it makes it really hard to breathe and also becomes a tripping hazard for those playing on that tennis court. It's a joke, guys. Come on. All right. Uh, But how incredible the body is. 
when it's working together, right? But all of us know what it's like when your body's not working quite right. Now, some of you know this, maybe you don't. Uh, I've had a lot of hip problems uh, over the last year. It has been a constant nuisance, and it's been getting worse and worse and worse. And finally, uh, about a week ago, I finally got some imaging done and found out that I've got a torn labrum in my hip. Uh, and the doctors think the reason for that is the, the ball joint that goes in the socket has just a little bit of extra bone on it. Uh, and so it doesn't quite fit right in the socket. So every time I move, it's not quite working right. And so I, I have a torn labrum. So later in October, I'm going to have to have surgery to fix the torn labrum to, to shave down some bone. Woohoo! Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but, but because of that, like, that's caused a lot of other issues, right? Sometimes I wake my wife up when I get out of bed because I have to make grunting noises just to get out of bed. Uh, or, or sometimes I will stand up out of the chair or get up from laying down and my entire left leg will just go numb, right, because of issues within the hip. But it's not just the hip that's the problem because I, my body naturally compensates. And so there have been times where my right knee or my right hip hurts or, or my back hip hurts because my body's trying to compensate for what's going wrong in the left hip. And so the, the body compensates, but after a while, it puts so much stress on the other parts of the body that those start to have pain as well, right? So it's no wonder as we think about the complexities and the awesomeness of the body, it's no wonder that Paul uses this image of the human body as an image for what it looks like when the church, when God's people are working together, but also what it looks like when they're not working together, right? And as Paul is, is writing to the church in Corinth, as he's, as he's writing this letter to them and talking to them about what it looks like for the body of Christ to work together and what it looks like when the body of Christ isn't working together, he tells them and he tells us this today as well. He says that most of us, most of you, me, uh, most of us are fairly insecure and arrogant, I think we're both of those, and I'll talk about what I mean by that in a little bit, but, but, but Paul, as he's, as he's writing this, he says, most of us are fairly insecure, and we're arrogant. And so how does he say that? Well, 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 15, says, if the foot should say, well, because I'm not a hand, I just, I don't belong to the body. Well, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. Well, that would not make it any less a part of the body, right? Maybe as you've gone through life, maybe you've found yourself saying, well, yes, I may be part of the body, but I'm just not that important. Yes, I, I, I may fit a role, but I don't think that role is very important to the body of Christ. Yes, God has given me these skills, but I don't see how these skills could be helpful within the body of Christ. So what does Paul say to us? Because I think we've all thought that at some point in our lives. And maybe, maybe sometimes as we get older, we say, man, I used to have such a great, great thing that I could do with the body of Christ, but now as the body ages, I just can't do that anymore, so I must not be important anymore. Well, what's, what does Paul have to say? He says, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell, right? So if, if the whole body were an eye, if everyone were looking, 
Right? You wouldn't be able to, on that first spring morning, hear the chirping of the birds. Right? What a wonderful sound that is. Or on that cool summer evening where you can hear the cicadas humming in your backyard. Right? We would miss out on something special. Or, or if, if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Right? How wonderful it is when, when, when you go home after church and pastor didn't preach too long so, so the pot roast didn't dry out, right? And you go home and you walk in and the smell of pot roast just fills your nose. Or maybe it's lasagna. How sad that would be. And I know some of you have had this, right? As, as some of you get COVID and lose your sense of smell or sense of taste, how kind of depressing that is when you can't smell or taste the things that you used to love smelling or tasting. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. So what does Paul say to those of us who are feeling insignificant? God has put you exactly where He wants you to be, as He chose you to be, and you were necessary for the body absolutely necessary. Right, so most of us are fairly insecure and arrogant. And again, I think this happens, uh, I, I think this is both of us. We're, at times we're insecure, but also at times we're arrogant. Well, what does he say to us when we're being arrogant? Well, he says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Right, there have been times in our lives where we've looked around and we said, I don't need you. I can do this on my own. I, I don't need your help, right? How many of you, when you, have, when you have surgery, like we hear this all the time, like, hey, uh, pastor, I'm going to the hospital, but please don't put me on the prayer list because I, I don't want people praying for me because they'll know that I'm sick. No, that's when we're supposed to pray for you. Uh, hey, hey, pastor, um, I, I'm not feeling well, or I just had surgery, but don't let anybody know because then people will want to do, and I don't want to be a bother. No, that's what the body of Christ is called to do. And so, so when, when you don't want people to pray for you, when you don't want people to help you, you're saying to them, I don't need you. I'm arrogant enough that I don't need you. Uh, one of the shows that I've enjoyed watching uh, is called The Office, uh, and it's a show where uh, it's a it's a docu a mockumentary of uh, of a paper company, and one of the employees in that paper company company his name is Dwight Schrute, and he is a weird guy. Uh, he is very quirky. Uh, he owns a beet farm. He does everything weird, uh, and not not many people in the office in that office like him. And there's one episode where he quits. There are a number of reasons why he quits, but, but he decides it's best for him to quit, and he goes uh, to a different paper company uh, and, and starts working there. And as they're interviewing some of the other staff as he's quitting, most of them are ecstatic that he's quitting because it means they don't have to deal with him anymore, uh, that he's going to be out of the office. They don't have to deal with his quirks. They don't have to work with him anymore. It's going to be great. Well, when we get to the next episode... Uh, Michael, the boss, he walks into the office and he looks around and then he goes to the secretary and he says, hey, how come all the plants look like they're dying? 
And you know what I miss? I miss when I would come into my office every morning and the toys would be arranged differently on my desk. I miss coming into my office and seeing that. What, what's going on? Well, then it flashes to a scene that must have been from some time before, and it's Dwight in the office after hours with, by himself, lights off with a spray bottle in hand and spraying each and every one of the plants, making sure that they were taken care of. And then, and then going into Michael's office, the boss's office, and rearranging the toys, knowing that it's going to make his boss smile the next morning. And so this person that everybody thought they didn't need in the office was actually an absolutely essential part to that office. So much so that by the end of the episode, Michael goes and gets him and brings him back to work at Dunder Mifflin for the rest of the series. And that's not just something that happens in a fake TV show, right? That happens in your offices as well, as there's someone who goes above and beyond all the time that you might not know. It happens in your homes, right? Stacy does way more than I could ever know or appreciate, and she just does it um, and doesn't complain about it. Um, but she does it, and your spouse does the same, right? And and that also happens here, right? We've got we've got two people who come in every Saturday, or they take turns, but come in every Saturday night to make sure that you have coffee on Sunday morning. Uh, we've got we've got somebody who comes in every week to vacuum the pews, right? To make sure that there are no goldfish crumbs or or gum wrappers in there. Right? And we've got somebody else who every week after communion comes in and, and cleans up the communion cups. Right? And all these are things that, I could go on and on with that list, but all these are things that, that happen that we don't notice until they don't happen. Right? If you showed up on Sunday morning and there wasn't any coffee, you would notice that there wasn't any coffee. If you showed up and sat down in the pew and sat in a bunch of goldfish crumbs, you would notice or if you came and there were these coffee cups in the corners of your pews and the communion wasn't up here, you would notice. And so all these are things that, that we don't notice when they're done, but we notice when they're not done. And so how does Paul respond to us when we are being arrogant, when we, when we say, I don't need you? He continues with verse 22 where he says, on the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker, the parts of the body that you think aren't that important, are indispensable, are absolutely necessary. And so we have to remember that as well. Again, Paul says most of us are fairly insecure and arrogant. And so what happens when we're insecure? What happens when we're arrogant? Well, in both situations, we tend to isolate ourselves. So when I'm insecure, when I don't feel good enough around you, when I don't feel important enough around people, I'm going to isolate because I don't want to made to be feel less important because I see all the important stuff that you do. And so I'm, I'm going to tend to isolate. Or, or when I'm arrogant, I'm going to isolate, right? Because I don't need you. I, I don't need you. And so why, why be around you? I'll just do it all myself. Right? So, so when we're being insecure or when we're being arrogant, we tend to isolate. So, so how do we respond? Well, Paul says, remember the body. If you haven't seen the, the human, the, the world within, 
uh, on Netflix. I encourage you to watch it. Yeah, you're going to see some, they're, they're going to talk about millions of years and things like that. But, but w- watch how incredible the body is. And especially I, the, the, the episode on birth. And just everything that happens from, from the time of, of, of conception, from the time that egg is fertilized and it's just a few cells and those cells multiply and they multiply and they multiply. But, but some cells become bone cells and some cells become skin cells and some cells become blood cells. And, and, and all of a sudden, what was just a few cells starts turning into a body that is ready to be brought into this world. And, and there's one thing that's the same in all of those cells. It's the DNA, right? The DNA in every single cell is exactly the same. And so whether that's a blood cell or a skin cell or a heart or a lung or, or, or uh, a brain cell or hair follicles or whatever, they all have the same DNA. And Paul says, so it is with you, right? Look around to everyone. Look, look around. You actually do it. Don't look at me. Look around, right? Every single one of these people in here have the same DNA. They have the DNA of Jesus, right? As the, as the, the waters of baptism are washed over you as, you, as you hear the word of God, the Holy Spirit works faith in you and you are given the DNA of Jesus. You are made a new creation, And so you need each other, right? I need you. I need you. And you need me. And we need each other. We can't isolate because we have the same DNA. We are part of the same body and individually members of it. And so that's what this week is about. This week is the the fall kickoff, right? Because over the last two and a half years, over the last 20 years, I don't know what, over the last summer, it has been too easy to isolate. It's been too easy to become insecure. It's been too easy to be arrogant. But you need to be connected to the body of Christ. And the body of Christ needs you to be connected, right? Because without you, this body the body of Christ is incomplete. And without the body of Christ, you are incomplete. Right? But thanks be to God that he has brought you into his body. He has a very specific part for you to play. And only you can do exactly what Jesus has made you to do. No one else can do the calling that God has for you. So that's what this week is about. It's an opportunity to get reconnected or to get more connected, to find your part in the body. And so then let's, let's go. Let's see what it looks like when the body of Christ is working at full capacity. Amen? Amen.